Hey everyone, welcome back to Land Investing Online, where we teach students how to profitably buy and sell vacant land. This is the simplest, least competitive, and most profitable sector of real estate. For more information, visit landinvestingonline.com. We have a free Discord with tons of successful investors. Come learn from the best. Please guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, please like and subscribe this channel. It really moves us forward and it means a lot to Ron and I. But anyways, I'm Daniel Apke, joined again by my brother and partner, Ron Apke. Welcome back, Ron. Hey, Dan. Good to be here. Let's go over a question before we get into today's topic, which is the topic is how we made our first million. I kind of made this one more of a story of how we got started in, in our, our journey um, rather than just telling you the steps of everything we did. It's more of like a story, I think. But let's get into this question. It is... I just got my first purchase agreement back and it looks like I can buy it for $30,000 and sell it for $110,000. The seller is out of state and seems hesitant about signing the closing docs because they will not get paid until the closing attorney receives the docs back. Any advice to ease their mind? They seem determined to sell, but they don't want to be scammed. First off, congratulations on, on the buy 30, sell 110. That's, that's awesome. Um, this is very common. Ron, I'm going to let you take this away since you're uh, handling the title. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's building a rapport with them is really important, which I'm sure you have, but naturally they're, they don't know you. Uh, so there's going to be some hesitancy. Uh, one thing we do a lot, and if it's your first, first purchase agreement, you may not have that relationship yet with a title attorney or title company or an attorney is actually have them call the title company. Even if you don't have a relationship with them, you can tell them like, Give them, here's my title company's information, my contacts here. Give your title company a, uh, a heads up that this person's going to be calling, that they might be a little skeptical. Um, and then maybe even once they get the documents, have them review the documents with the seller. Uh, nine times out of 10, this seller, if like you said, they're determined um, to sell, they're going to go through with the sale um, if they're determined and everything. Um, but don't be too desperate with it. I know we talk about that. Um, just understand from their perspective and always do. It's really easy to do. Like th they're worried that they're going to get their property taken for nothing. They're happy if they get their $30,000, no matter what the property is worth. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think getting a title company on the phone for them might be the best thing to do. But like Dan said, congratulations. That's an awesome first deal. I, I like that. I know we've talked about a lot, Dan. I like that they're going for a uh, bigger deal to start and not a buy for 2000 sell for 6000 like this is $80,000 that you're going to make or whatever. Even if you sell it for 90 grand, you're going to make 50 to 60 grand. So congratulations. That is really awesome. Yeah, truly, truly a great deal. Um, great things to hear. But so today's topic, how we made our first million. And we wanted to do this just to kind of everyone kind of, I feel like so many people jump in and try to make the easiest money possible. And, and really a big thing that I put in here is just going to be talking about how it's not easy to to, you know, succeed in any business or, you know, life in general. Um, but I'm sure you've heard the saying, your first million's the hardest. And I've heard that who knows a thousand times or not. But is that true? What do you think, Ron? Do you think that saying's true? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that first million is difficult because I think you're working harder for it, to be honest, than the second million, third million. Um, you probably don't have as many systems in place. Like that's a big thing with it is like, if you're not systematic in your business and you can make a million dollars in this business without being systematic or too systematic. 
Um, if you don't have systems down, like it's going to be more difficult than once you get systems down to make that second and make that third and make that fourth. You might have people in place as you get towards that level, um, which is also like, I think those are the two biggest things that make the first million, Dan, the hardest is the people and the systems. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, and, and to answer that question, yes or no, yes, I definitely think it's it's the hardest. There's a couple of things why. Um, one to what Ron's point is, the operations behind it, but um, and you're building it from scratch. But two, there's two things against you. One, if you haven't made a million dollars yet, money is not going to be on your side for the most part. Some people go in with a lot of money, but money's working against you. When you don't have um, a good amount of money to spend, it's just harder to make money. I mean, money works for you. Um, so that so money's kind of against you, and then people aren't on your side either. You're newer, you're, you're not established, um, may not have a partner or whatnot. People, you kind of have to prove yourself to people, I feel like. And um, this business is a little different, but I feel like for just businesses in general, you have to prove yourself or you're going in by yourself. You're the only one who believes in this at first until you start showing that you can do it. Um, so those are the two things I think that are, are against your our money and the people at first. Um, but for me personally, I, I didn't make my first million from land. Um, actually, the first business I ever had was real estate related. Um, it was just rental property, I believe. Um, I've had some businesses before that just like selling stuff out of our garage. Ron and I had um, a business where we just bought things off of, I mean, I guess you'd call it a business. It's not really a business, but you we'd buy things off of an auction site and put them in our garage and resell them. Um, made a little money doing that. Probably actually lost a lot sometimes too. Not a good business, <laughs> not, rec not recommended. Um, had a storage facility for it and all that good stuff. But I personally um, started an e-commerce business and I'm not going to talk too much about this in this episode. I'm going to talk more about our land business and how we made it first. But I, I had an e-commerce business I built and I built that with the intention to sell it. So like Ron was saying to his point, those operations and systems and everything that I did was evolving around the fact that I'm going to sell that in 24 months or less. I thought like in my, in the back of my head. So I built that knowing I was going to sell it. And that's what I like to do with businesses anyways, because even if I'm not going to sell it in the next five years, the business is going to have a selling point. It hopefully have a selling point. If you do it right, it might be 20, 30, 40 years, but you want those systems in place early and to keep scaling it that way. Um, but yeah, so I had an e-commerce business. I made decent money off that and I sold that e-commerce business. So that for me personally is how I made my first million dollars, but let's talk about how we got started in land. And I want to take this back to day one, Ron. I was actually, um, curious to hear your point of view on this too. Cause I, I like, I always see this story from my point of view and how it went, but I, I called Ron on the day on a day with the idea of buying and selling land. And I was on my way to a cabin, um, up in Hawking, Ohio. And my whole intention was I knew this business model would work. I really strongly believed in it, but I had four or five different businesses at the time. I didn't have a lot of extra time. So I had money, um, but the time was the issue. So I know I needed a partner, at least to start. Um, and I knew Ron at the time was a coach and he didn't have much time either, but he wanted money. He, he was living off a coaching salary, whatever. And I know he wanted to make money and he was driven to make a, you know, a side hustle happen. And I didn't know that. I thought he might. So I kind of pitched this with the intention. I'll put up all the funds and Ron, you put in a lot of the work. I'll work a decent amount on it, but not full time. Um, 
what's your kind of how how'd that process go for you, Ron? Because I know I've I haven't really heard that. Yeah, I mean, I remember that pretty well as far as um, I think it was around Christmas one year, and uh, when we kind of, when Daniel came to me with that, and I never really, I don't think I ever really thought in the back of my head, Daniel's not going to be a part of this business. Um, I, I was prepared, I guess. Like I still do quite a bit of the business. I mean, to this day, like I can run all sides of the business, and Daniel can do the same. Um, but I think in the back, of my, I, I don't know how I went into it, honestly, Dan, like I, I wanted to educate myself. I wanted to find a way to make this how we can do it. Um, I obviously did a lot of research, um, but I remember that call. Well, it intrigued me. Um, I like a lot of you out there, like I didn't understand the value in land completely um, and how desirable it is for a lot of people. Um, so, so it was kind of like I had to wrap my head around that. But once I got, once we got bought in, as both of us uh, seemed like Dan already was when he called me. Once I, we got bought in together, like it, there was no really turning back. Like we went full steam ahead. Um, but from my perspective, that phone call, Dan, like I'm trying to think. Like I don't know. I it just like I think I was excited for something. Like that's what I felt was like excitement. Um, and that's why, like, I, we just went so full full force ahead. I know you had other businesses. I was coaching at the time, which uh, I didn't have free time. Like I really didn't. Um, there were times, <laughs> so there are times when we sent our first mailer out where I would be answering the phone on the bus ride to the game. And our, I was an assistant coach. I was driving the bus. Um, and this was a college, a small college. So we still drove our buses and he's like, who, who are you talking to? Um, and I'm talking and I remember a, uh, shoot, knock my mic. Um, I remember a county calling also and like complaining, like people are, people are complaining because they're, they're getting these letters. And I was like all scared and talking to this person. But uh, I remember taking phone calls on the bus, taking phone calls all the time. And uh, yeah, n not really looking back from there, Dan. Yeah. Um, and I remember because like right, right after I made that call to you, um, I kept doing research on land and just different things. And I immediately, we set up like a Google doc to do list. I remember after that. Um, and I just remember I can, I kept telling you like, trust me, this will work. This will work. Um, cause I had a better idea, I think at start, like what it was and you were new, new to the space, um, and never really heard about it until I called you. But after that call, we pretty much immediately got our business set up. I mean, we dove in, um, and that's how we generally are as people. I think once I'm sold into something, there's really nothing that's going to change my mind. Um, and that was like around Christmas time. And I got home from that trip from that, um, uh, what do you call it? Cabin. Yeah. And we ended up sending out mail on Christmas day. So I remember we were sitting there, we were going through, we had data, we were trying to mail merge, doing all this thing. We literally probably spent five to six hours Christmas day. That's how excited we were. Um, and I just remember sitting at our parents' dinner table and just doing this for like five, six hours that day. Um, and we were there for like three, four hours straight, just looking at this, trying to figure out a mail merge and we couldn't figure out this mail merge. And, um, little did we know we didn't even need to do the mail merge, but we thought it was good to know for whatever reason. And we wanted to, and we couldn't figure this out. And I went to bed at like midnight after looking at this mail merge all day. And then I woke up the next day and Ron was like, I figured it out. And, um, I didn't believe him at first. And then he showed me, but that just shows like how, how invested we were. The whole point of that was we were working through Christmas for multiple hours. We were so bought into this and we believe so strongly and 
everyone thought we were crazy. Like I was pitching this idea to my parents, pitching it to uh, friends when we were doing it because we were like possessed with the idea. And everyone just thinks you're crazy and just doesn't think it's going to work. And they're all skeptical. And that skepticism is what drives me, honestly. Like that skepticism and doubt is one of the key drivers of everything I do. Um, but do you, did you have that too, Ron, where you just think, I don't know, cause everyone's motivated from different stuff. I love when people doubt me. It just makes me, it, it just, like I feel it in my heart right now just talking about it. Like it just drives me. And I like to prove people wrong. Do you have that too when you're pitching this idea to people, Ron, and they're like, what? Why would you be able to buy land for 40%, 30% of what it's worth? Like that, those comments are what drive me. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I don't think I really pitched it. I mean, I think maybe you did if you pitched other people. Like, and one thing, like we talked about, Daniel's, or you talked about your drop shipping a little bit, like that helps. That previous success definitely helps in selling this business to, I think it did in the back of my head. Like, I think that's just natural. Like, Daniel built this e-commerce business that did really was really successful and he was able to sell it a little after that. Um, no, I don't really, I just get really like into once I get, and you do the same thing. I think your motivation might be a little different. Um, I think my motivation was like, I don't know. I just got excited about when I get excited about something like, like I was with coaching when I was coaching and being a hundred percent into that. And it's just like, I was excited and motivated to start, um, I saw the, uh, potential in it. So that's what really excited me. Um, just, just everything from that. Like I do get that when people, when people doubt in anything, like I like being, I like being not good at something initially, whether it's flipping land or a sport. Like I love learning new sports and getting from being like crap to being able to compete with the person who taught me like that motivates me, like being below people. And I talked to my son about this cause uh, it's his first year, like playing competitive baseball. And a lot of these people have been playing for five, six years and he just wasn't good at first. And like the, where he's come from the start to finish, like that motivates me just watching him do that. Um, but uh, no, I, I love that part of it, not being good at something and educating myself and learning and being better than other people. And yeah, so I guess you can say that Dan, but I think I'm more competing with the people in the industry, whether you might be people outside who are doubting you a little bit. Yeah. And real quick story time, Ron, tell, tell, uh, the audience about Callan, um, or Ron's son calling, um, our father, our dad and telling him about the hit. Just, um, that's a good story. Oh. It's a competition. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so he, uh, he, he couldn't hit the ball. Like he really, he's, he's nine years old. And like I said, he's playing with people who have been playing since they were four, like this is his first year. And, uh, we it's probably been it was probably six or seven games. He got walked a bunch. He got hit by the ball a bunch when he was batting, but he hadn't made any contact. And he wanted to call my dad because he finally hit the ball. So he calls my dad and he says, uh, uh, "Grandpa Apke, Grandpa Apke, I, I hit the ball." He's like, "You did? Did you get on base?" He's like, "No, I didn't." He's like, "Well, what happened?" He's like, "It was a foul ball." <laughs> so it was like, so his first time making contact with the ball was a foul ball just left of third base. But he was so excited and like where he's come. Like I was excited when that ball was rolling four miles per hour down the third baseline also, even though it veered off foul. Um, but uh, no, that was a, that's a, that's a good story. And where he's come from, like I said, where he's come from in that league. And like, I don't see the end point. I see like where he's come from and that gap from where he's come from to where he is right now is huge, even though it's not like, it's still not competitive. I think he yeah. does, Dan, he does have, 
the uh, the coach's wife showed me he does have the second highest on base percentage on the team. That's uh, crazy. And you got to yeah, know he's your literally role. squats down and uh, yeah, he's, he doesn't swing at balls. Yeah, it's like it's just comes down to that, like knowing your role. So he knows he, he's not going to hit the ball if he swings. Um, he might make contact, and foul <laughs> it, but he's probably statistically not going to hit it yet. He's going to get there. Um, but yeah, so he knows, he knows his role. He's going to walk and get hit and that ball is going to be aiming at his leg and he's not going to move out of the way. He's going to eat the ball. Uh, <laughs> that's a really good story about competition. Celebrate the small wins though. He made contact. It rolled down went out veered th yeah. off third and he celebrated. He was excited for it. And that's, that's the whole point. And so let's go back to our story then we didn't. Um, so after we sent that first mailer around Christmas, I think we sent one like a week or two later again, maybe even shorter than that. And we didn't get any deals from our first two mailers. So we continued to send, I think, I think we were sending 10 K or so a month at first. Um, and I, I, I was looking at our, uh, CRM earlier and I believe it was around February where we got our actual first good deal. Um, so it's December to February and late December. Um, but we are aggressive with mail. Like we didn't get any on our first two at all. I mean, they were just bad counties knowing everything I know. Like if we have a member, tell us one of the, like any, I can look at counties now, just some of them, like some were desert squares we were sending things like that. Just not good counties. Um, but we continued to send out 10,000 or so a month, got our first deal in February. And by April, we were really buzzing. I was looking this morning and I didn't realize by April, we were buzzing with acquisitions. We weren't making money yet because we had to sell the property still. Um, we might have sold a couple by that point or a few, but by April, like our acquisitions really, really started to take off. And I think by August, we had, it looked like we had about a million dollars in acquisitions by August of that year. Um, and by the end of that year, so 12 months from when we started or so, uh, we are at about a million dollars of profit. Um, and we really just did that by just staying consistent with that mail. Our first two mailers, everyone, I'd say 50% of the people, maybe even more than that, if they sent out their first two mailers like we did and got no response at all, would probably quit right there and stop. Um, and that's the whole point, like the consistency thing we preach over and over again. It wasn't easy to get to where we got. We did not have a smooth beginning at all. We sent out a ton of mail, got racked up a credit card debt of almost 30000 I think. And we're scared for the future of our company. We started doubting ourselves, whatever. Everything you go through in starting a business, we went through that. So it was not an easy process. Over 50% of the people, I bet you, would have quit after sending those two first mailers and wasting, wasting quote unquote, thousands of dollars of, of money um, from that. But, you know, we took risk. We kept sending out mail. We believed in the process. Um, at times we did doubt it, but we stayed consistent. We knew we had to stay consistent through it. Um, and I think having some business experience in the past, I knew that was kind of the name to any business is staying consistent and pivoting. But is there anything I said I said there that you want to touch on, Ron? No, I think that's uh, I'm trying to think. Like it would have been easy to quit or stop. Um, like Daniel said, I think our first two mailers might have been five thousand mail, maybe even less than that, maybe four thousand mailers, and we didn't get anything. They were bad counties that we chose. Um, like Daniel said, he wouldn't suggest mailing there. Um, but, uh, we, we go pretty in detail. Like we had to educate ourselves through this. Um, like we had to teach ourselves what was working, what wasn't working. Like that's what made it difficult. And that's what we tried to, we, I don't want, like, if you get instant success with our course and sending mail, like great, 
Um, I think that adversity is what really made us successful and made us grow because we had to really analyze our business. We had to really believe in it because like Daniel said, like we were down a lot of money. Like it's just, it's the fact, but if you quit, then you're out all that money. You're just, it's done. Um, and I don't think quitting really ever came into my mind because I, we believed in it. Like, why did we believe in it in Christmas, but not in March or not in February or something like that? Like nothing changes that fast. You ever believe in it or you don't, um, don't worry about them. I mean, worry about the money, but don't worry about like that can't change your mindset. And I think having Daniel and him having me, like, I think that really pushed us through that part because it, it was difficult at times and we're not trying to sugarcoat stuff. But like I said, we, we had to educate ourselves then about so much different stuff. So we really try to kind of take that into our course and uh, mailing some of those little places just it, it's not profitable, to be honest. Yeah. And we started focusing on bigger deals and really meeting with people and diving into things and educating ourselves. Um, that's the biggest thing. I mean, we stayed consistent, not only with mail, but with education and just constantly questioning, you know, our processes and where we're sending mail and how much we're sending for and questioning our pricing and really just adjusting things and changing things and trial and error. And it took a long time, but we really were full time at this and, and stayed consistent. Um, and yeah, it got hard, but you have to, you have to take risk. And this is going to happen. If you're not faced, like Ron said, if you're not facing that adversity at any point, um, in your business career, it's going to happen. So I just, I'm going to stop there. Like you're going to face it, whether it's now or whether you have success off your first mailer and in a year, something happens to the market or something happens to your business, that adversity is going to come eventually. I don't know what it's going to be for me, for my e-commerce business. There was something every day. There's something else. I mean, I got sued. I went, um, the banks held money from me. I had to rack up a big credit card debt when I first started that because my merchants weren't paying me out because of the risk of my business. So I was literally operating off a credit card while not getting paid from my merchants. So the money just wasn't transferring to me. I just had to operate in debt until they released it. Um, there's always going to be something, even if you're successful at first, that's awesome. We talk about sustainability a lot. It's going to happen where these, uh, these things come up and you have to get through them. Um, but some key takeaways of our story. So we did it in about a year. It took about a year or a little over a year to make our first million. Um, another key takeaway, it was not easy. We had to fight through challenges. It's never going to be easy. If you guys want easy money, it does not exist. So you're in the wrong place. We preach th this business model is great and very profitable and relatively easy compared to other business models, but it's still, there are obstacles with it, just like any other business. And another key takeaway, yeah, like I said, we struggled our first year. Um, but a big thing was once that April hit, like I said, once we got that momentum, that momentum, momentum has never left. And I'm not saying it won't leave, but once we got that momentum, it stayed. And we've run into obstacles, obviously, while having momentum, um, run into a lot of obstacles, still do. Um, and, and as you grow a business, the decisions just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so those decisions that once felt huge to us when we were small and just starting, they're now bigger decisions, you know, hiring decisions, firing decisions, big banking loan decisions, things like that. Um, but the key takeaway is once we got that momentum in April, those acquisitions kept flying in, everything kept flying and we started hiring, started selling a lot of properties and it just kept consistent with it. So once we really hit that threshold after about four or five months, it took off and it stayed like that.
Yeah, I think um, so. Realistically, Dan, like I was thinking when you were talking, like how did we make our first million? Like obviously getting through those, being consistent. Um, we had a county that we mailed where we mailed. Uh, we've probably talked about it before. Where we mailed about twelve hundred mailers, and we made half a million dollars off that. It wasn't one or two deals, like big deals. It was twelve deals or thirteen deals. We got off of uh, twelve hundred mailers, um, and we, like I said, we made a half a million dollars on that. That was probably six to eight months in. It might have been our tenth or twelfth mailer, um, and everyone's like, "I wish I could get a county like that. I wish I could find a county like that." It's not finding a county. Like we didn't just we didn't didn't say we didn't pick this county and say we're going to make half a million dollars on this county. We just picked a bunch of counties and kept mailing, kept mailing, kept mailing, um, and that consistency is what made that county. You will get a county like that eventually if you keep mailing and stuff like that. Um, but that's how we did it. Like it was the consistency part. It really was that county never, if we quit after two mailers and we were down $10,000, like we'd just be out $10,000. Um, and we'd be doing whatever we'd be doing now. Um, but that county came from consistently mailing, from trying new areas, from finding out things that work, things that don't work. Um, and then it just came about like, it wasn't, it wasn't lucky by any means, but at the same time, it's not something that we, we can't choose that. Like you can't pick a county that you're going to make half a million dollars on. Um, it's just not going to happen like that. But uh, no, I think that's, I think that's a good point, Dan, as far as just that consistency aspect. I know we, this is probably the biggest thing we say. Um, and people might've wanted more of a story with this when we talk about our first million. Um, but the big story is we didn't make crap for the first four or five months, like nothing. Um, now our goal is a million dollars a month, essentially. So we're trying to scale up to that. Um, you might think it's a lot making that first million in the first 12 months, but it's really not. Um, and when we hit that, we got excited. We celebrated like we've talked about, but then you got to move on to bigger things and grow from there. Uh, but that consistency, Dan, we talk about it so much, but it's so darn important. Yeah, exactly. And you got to have that, like goals are great, but you got to have that big, and I've been working a lot on this, that bigger mission that each goal works you closer towards, right? And I was explaining this to Ron on the phone last night, um, but there's, there's, we're going to have a whole another episode on mission and vision and all of that. But there's so much, there's a bigger picture here. So once you hit that goal, is what's, what's next? What's your ultimate, your ultimate life goal type of thing? Um, but yeah, like Ron said, we we hit a, a gold mine with that county, and we hit one recently too. I think as long as we're able to sell this, we're acquiring so much in one area right now. Um, so hopefully it ends up selling like we think it's going to, um, but this is new, but like those it's one every, I mean, we get a lot of deals from scattered through the counties we send, but then there's certain counties that just blow up for us and it's one every, you know, 20 mailers maybe. So it's really a consistency thing like Ron's saying, but that's all I have for this episode, Ron, any last comments or things you want to add? No, I think that was really good. If you guys have any questions, email us, um, shoot us a message on discord, talk about it. Um, but I think getting started and uh, being consistent is the biggest thing from that. And we, we went through struggles just like all you guys are or have or will. Um, and we're going to hit more struggles too. It's not like like when we first started, our goal, goals were small in, to, in comparison. We hit our goals and now our goals are bigger and they're gonna, those goals are going to feel small here in a year or something like that. Um, so just, just start where you are, be consistent and uh, go from there. But celebrate that foul ball that you hit. Celebrate the contact. Yeah, exactly. Celebrate your wins. Celebrate your wins. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for joining. That's all we have today. Visit landinvestingonline.com to join our free Discord where Ron and I are involved. 
Also, please like and subscribe our YouTube channel or Apple or Spotify. Whatever you're listening on, please like and subscribe. It really means a lot to us. Other than that, guys, we'll see you next episode. Thanks for joining. Thanks, guys.